how someone reacts to something is a big deal. And in our culture, we watch it in sports. We watch it in the business world. It's unbelievable to think that a young girl could react the way that Mary does when her life is turned upside down. And it just shows her simple faith. This sermon was originally recorded December 9th, 2012 at Castle Rock Middle School. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Some apologies. I think I'm going to have some coughs during uh, our message today, so I apologize for that in advance and throughout the service. Uh, Last week, I'll have to take breaths at certain times. Um, Last week, we just covered, we started a new series talking about the story of Christmas, and what we're doing is following in the book of Luke, how is it that we get to what we celebrate in Luke 2, which is the uh, celebration of Jesus' birth. So last week, an older couple had a simple prayer, and that simple prayer was for what? They wanted a son. And I don't know if they were still uh, praying that prayer, or if they just out of habit did it, or if they had given up like 25 years ago. But the Lord came to them and said, through an angel, you are going to have a son. And not only are you going to have a son, this son is going to be remarkable. This son is going to be one of the most important men to ever live. And Zechariah says, I don't really believe you. And so it starts the story of John the baptizer being um, born. And as I explained with the kids, his message was so intense. His message was so spot on. He didn't change for anybody. He even was talking to the king and would say, repent of what you're doing, that it led to his murder in his early 30s. So younger than I am, if you picture John the baptizer with the full beard, he never cut his hair. It would have been pretty long. Um, living in the wilderness with camel skins, but he was murdered, uh, put in prison and murdered when he was younger than I was, which is kind of a remarkable thing. But his main job was to prepare a world for Jesus to come. So we're going to be talking again about responses today. How does someone respond? Zechariah kind of responded in unbelief, and um, today we're talking about response. Can you think of, I know we have some fans out there, in golf fans specifically, can you think of the biggest choke of all time, which is kind of collectively the biggest golf choke of all time? I'm guessing like not even fans would think of this. Um, Normally, you picture Greg Norman. He has a ranch in Colorado. He's this big, strong guy with the hat on. Um, This is what he looked like in 1996. He had a six-stroke lead going into the final of the Masters, and he had never won the Masters, and he was really excited about this, and he just implodes. And in fact, he loses by five strokes. So it's known in golf circles as like the biggest choke of all time. It's a shark theme today. Has anyone seen the movie or the TV show Shark Tank? My friend told me, he's like, you've got to check this out. And then he specifically told me about this episode that involved the plate topper. I know it's a little difficult, it's out of focus. But the plate topper was this invention by this man that you can take this little topper thing, it'll seal on your plate, and then it's a perfect seal. You can pick the plate up, and with the little tab, you open it up. Has anyone seen this episode? Oh, awesome. Well... In this episode, I'll explain the show. The show Shark Tank is, they have these, um, what do they call those? Investment, not investment banker, um, capital, there's a word for it, I should know. Venture capitalists, there we go. (laughs) I don't have inventions, I don't know this stuff, I don't work in this world all the day. So these venture capitalists are billionaires, millionaires, and they're going to invest their own money in some of these products. And some of the products are pretty funny, like Mark Cuban from the Dallas Mavericks. He went 25% into a company that says, I want to draw a cat for you. So for $9.95, you go onto the website, and the guy, whatever your specification, draws a cartoon cat. Awesome. 
8,000 people have thought this is a good idea and have bought this cat. So if you get a cat present from me, it's going to be, I want to draw a cat for you. And the guy sends the thing. So that's one of the ideas. Collectively, they said this is the best idea they've ever seen. Does this seem like a good idea? I think it kind of does. You can microwave it. You can put it in the fridge. You just get done. You just whip it on there. You don't have to transfer it to other bowls. I thought this was great. No one invested in him. Nobody. The guy is Princeton educated and a doctor. Nobody. And why do you think no one invested in him? The guy was so annoying that they couldn't handle it. Like, this guy is trying to play billionaire against millionaire, and they're finally like, you know what? No, I don't care. I don't like you. I'm out. They didn't like how he reacted to things. So my question is this. If you've got the greatest invention they've ever seen, you're Princeton educated, you're a doctor. You're Greg Norman, the best golfer, some would argue, in the 90s, and you still crack. How in the world is a like, 13, 14, 15-year-old girl going to react when her world is totally flipped upside down? Isn't this like made for TV? If you knew, like, I could have video cameras there to watch this train wreck happen, and you want to look away, but you're kind of like looking like this. You're, you just kind of want to see what's going to happen. This is the story how Mary finds out that she's going to give birth to Jesus. So this is in the book of Luke. If you're following along, you can look right in your service folder. We got the, all the verses there. And it starts out like a history book. It just says, in the sixth month, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That sounds pretty positive so far, right? And Mary is greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, this doesn't make sense. Usually, if someone says something positive to you, would you be troubled by it? I think the issue is she got kind of overtitled. And this has probably happened to you at some point. Um, there's a running back for a team that I follow, and I'm looking on the blog, and it says uh, they had injuries, and they bring this guy back because he was injured, okay? And when he got on the practice field, this is a guy who was cut earlier in the year. They gave him a standing ovation. All the players stood up and clapped. And what is his reaction, do you think? He goes to the quarterback and says, is this a joke? Like, are they messing with me? One of my friends calls me up and he says, is the most Reverend Jared Oldenburg there? What is my reaction? This guy, he's messing with me, right? Your kids go to you and say, like, my kids come to me and they say, Dad, you are the most extraordinary dad that's ever lived. And I'm like, wait a second. They usually say greatest dad who ever lived when they talk to me. Right, this would, doesn't that make, what if your boss comes to you and said, hey, favorite employee that I've ever had. You know something's coming, right? The foot, the other shoe is coming and you're like, what is going to happen? Well, isn't it kind of like that? An angel of the Lord appears and if the angel of the Lord appears to me, I'm expecting that angel to say, listen, dirtbag. I'm like, you got it. You, you, you spot on right there. But instead says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I get a little nervous at this point, And she gets a little nervous. I don't know the difference. But just imagine being in your life. She's, we guess, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range. Pretty young when they got married in those ages. She's pretty young. She had planned out her engagement, which is exciting if you've ever been engaged. And that's exciting, and you think about this. What happens when you go see your relatives when you're engaged? 
especially for ladies. The relatives for the guys just kind of go like that. But for the ladies, they want to see the ring. They want to see what's going on. They want to know when the date is. They want to know what the colors are going to be and what the dresses are going to be. And they open up the books. It's, it wouldn't have been all that different. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different now. But wouldn't her relatives have been excited? They'd dote on her, and they would tell anecdotes, and they would give her advice. And she's kind of swirling in this world. And suddenly, this angel comes and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. So brace yourself. This is what the angel says. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. I do not know the difference between Mary and Zechariah and some shepherds. The same angel appears to Zechariah nine months earlier. Remember his reaction last week? He's terrified. It says he's gripped with fear, like he's seized with fear. She's only worried about his response. Nine months later, the first words out of the mouth of an angel to these burly shepherds is, do not be afraid. Good news. Mary is still just worried, like, what's it mean, highly favored? She doesn't even know she's supposed to be afraid. Would you be scared if you're 13, 14, 15, and an angel comes and says you're going to have a baby? Collectively, that's because, is anyone here get married when they're 13 or 14 or 15? You're not married, are you? <laughs> I'm like, I should know these things. Um, I'm guessing that no one here probably got married under the age of 18. There's only one person that I've ever met that got married under the age of 18. We went to high school together. She had to get a written permission from her parents to get a marriage license. I thought that would be weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's weird enough to ride in the back of your parents' car on a date. It's, it's even worse to get permission to get married. So she got married at eight. So this would have been normal, though, wouldn't it? She's engaged. Would it have been a big deal if an angel came and said that you're going to give birth to a son? I think she would have been excited to tell you the truth. She gets married, and why do people get married, especially then? To find the love of their life and to have kids. This is, this is not a big stretch. I don't think this would have freaked her out. I'll give you an example. Some of you went to college. You go to college, and, and you're in your last semester, and the, uh, an angel appears to you and says, Greetings, you who are highly favored. You are going to get a job. What would be, your reaction should be positive. That's why you go to school. Okay, you're not supposed to be like, oh, come on, right? Would you be scared at that point? You're like, okay, that's cool. Jobs are good. What if the angel says, "Greetings, you who are highly favored. You are going to get a job, and as soon as you turn 40, you're going to be the president of the United States." I think that'd be the worst news you could ever get. Have you ever seen? what happens to presidents? Have you ever seen that, like that timeline, like the before, they all look young and handsome and they wear ties, and then you see them afterwards and you're like, the only thing worse for your health is to take meth, I think. Have you seen those, like, (laughs) scary meth ads? Or become president of the United States? This would terrify me. I'm like, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Here's the scary part. The scary part is not that she's going to get, have a baby. Here's the scary part. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Uh-huh. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He's going to be a king. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. The baby you're about to give birth to is the Savior of the world, the Messiah that's been promised for thousands of years. Now I'd be a little bit scared. And so now she'd be scared, right? She should be scared now, right? And her reaction is, nuts, nuts and bolts. How is this going to be, she asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. 
Now, let's just ramp it up a little bit more. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. So if she had any question before, now she says, you're not going to get pregnant by the normal means. The angel says, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. What's her response? And I think you might even know it. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Let's just get this straight. This girl who is young, thinking about engagement, spinning around in this world, an angel comes and says, listen, the one who is promised since Adam and Eve, you've heard of Adam and Eve, the one who is promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one whom you is a model for all the sacrifices you do at the temple. You give a lamb. That is a picture of the one you're about to give birth to. And she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. And you're like, okay, okay. Let's just, remember those relatives? Somehow you have to explain to your fiancé that an angel appeared to you. The reason you're pregnant is, is not from some other human being, but from God and that the baby you're about to give birth to is the Son of God. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. Okay. The relatives that doted on you for all these months that were excited about your engagement, that were buying you cool little booties or whatever they did back then, and swaddling cloths, or, you know, they, they buy all, they're excited for you and they want to hear about it and they're telling you stories and they're talking with you and they're celebrating with you. They are no longer going to be talking to you Instead, they're going to be talking about you. About can you believe that little girl who said, wants us to believe that an angel has appeared to her and the reason she's pregnant is from some miracle. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. Now she has to have a conversation not only with her parents, but her fiancé. How do you think that went? To give you a preview In the book of Matthew, it says that Joseph knew she was pregnant and was planning to divorce her quietly. So there's two good things. Joseph is obviously an upstanding guy. He didn't want public disgrace. But there's two things that are happening there, right? Either A, he found out she's pregnant and she never told him, or B, she told him and her fiancé does not believe her. Only after an angel appears to Joseph does he go and take Mary as his wife. And what does she say? I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. I don't know if she's just not old enough to know she should be scared. I don't know if she's just not old enough to know you're supposed to have a different reaction. A man of God, Zechariah, who is a priest, he worked at the temple. What's his reaction when an angel comes? He says, I am old. I don't think so. And here's the hard part. Would the people in general, would Zachariah's wife been angry with him when he came home with this news? No. She, they prayed for this baby. Would the neighbors been all like um, talking about him and how crazy this is? Maybe a little. But I mean, but would the neighbors have been talking about him? No, they would have been happy for them. Have you met anyone who has longed for a baby and then finally had that child? 
we had two couples in Washington. One was, uh, they, <coughs> they prayed and prayed for 17 years. They wanted this child. They wanted a baby, and they talked to me about it. And, you know, finally they said, you know, it's just not going to happen. Like 42 she was, and they get pregnant. They come home, I mean, and they come to church, and they have this biggest glow. They're like, you're never going to guess. And, of course, you can always tell. I don't know if, like, there's radiation that shoots out of pregnant women or something, but you, you could just tell, and then you're like, and you just tilt your head, and they're like, I didn't want them to say, like, we're going to Vegas. So, you know, so I, I just held it, and they go, we're pregnant at 42. So how many of you would have been happy for them and happy that you're not 42 and having a baby for the first time? I mean, I was, I was like, whew, uh, we are happy for you. Another couple, <laughs> another miracle. They wanted a baby. They're in their 40s. And um, medical terms, she had a DNC because things were not going right. Somehow the baby survives this, as I understand it. Healthy baby girl. Everything is fantastic. Would you have been happy for them? How do you think the collective people of Israel would have felt for Elizabeth, this older woman who was said to be barren, who was a disgrace, who dreamed of kids, and suddenly she's got a baby in her arms? Yet when Zechariah gets the news, he says, I'm old. I'm not, no, I don't think so. A little bit while earlier, 2,000 years earlier, Sarah, who is the uh, husband of Abraham, finds out news that she is miraculously going to have a baby. And did she spin around in joy? No, she laughed and like, basically said, whatever. And the angel says, your wife laughed. And Abraham's like, no, she didn't. So the Abraham goes to her and says, listen, you just laughed at the angel of God? She's like, mm, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's what happened. So what is the problem? Is it that Mary has just not been around the block enough to know that you're supposed to have some kind of weird reaction when God says you're miraculously going to have a child? Or is it that Mary actually had faith that God keeps his promises? That God will actually look after her, that God will look after her and take care of her and all things are going to work out for her good and that she is going to be a tool that God is going to use for this amazing thing. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. I think that's pretty fantastic. How many of you have had things that have happened in your life and you said the same reaction? I mean, this is kind of right on the tip of your tongue, right? Things fall through and you're like, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you said. Or it's a little bit, a little bit different. I don't think there's a single person here who likes their plans messed up. All of us have a picture of what it's going to look like, the future. We have an idea how people should treat us. We have an idea how we treat people. And if it doesn't go how we planned, we could blame ourselves a lot. But isn't it a lot easier to blame God? Isn't it easier just to say, God, listen, you are my God. You are supposed to make my life nice and good. That, haven't you seen my track record? I've been to church like four weeks in a row, and you're doing this to me? God, how, how can you do this to me? And you get more and more upset. You get more and more angry, and I don't care about the promises that you love me. I don't care about the promises that you look after me. I want things done the way I want them done. I think a lot of times we need to say, God, I have not been your servant. God, I'm sorry. I repent of this and help me recognize what you're trying to do for me. So in Christ, we get empowered. In Christ, we have forgiveness. And we have this new heart. So let me just ask, what happens if the plan for you involves uh, abandonment? Are you still ready to say, I am the Lord's servant? What happens if it involves death? I am the Lord's servant. What happens if it involves suffering? I am the Lord's servant. What happens if your best friends run away from you? 
I am the Lord's servant. And pain, I am the Lord's servant. When things aren't going how you hope, I am the Lord's servant. 2,000 years ago, what happens if the plan involves crucifixion? Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, Lord, if there's any other way, let's, let's do plan B here. But not my will, but yours be done. Couldn't you just phrase that a little bit differently? Isn't Jesus essentially saying, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And God says, this is how it is. And so perfect was his suffering and death that in our doubt, in our arrogance, in our self-worship, that counted to take our sins away. And so perfect was it that God raised him from the dead and said, you will reign, as it said, to forever on the throne of Judah. Every one of us has plans. Every one of us. And every one of us has this vision of what our life is going to be. It's going to be fantastic, right? According to our, no one plans for trouble. No one plans for cancer. No one plans for early death. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. We just heard about a couple. You can see it in the bulletin. They, they have three boys. One of their boys gets in a dirt bike accident. He's young, hits his head, and he died this past week. You think that was in their plans? You go for testing, routine testing, and you find out you have cancer. You go for other medical tests, and you figure out what is going on. You go in, and you're so excited because you're pregnant finally, and then you find out you have a miscarriage. All these things in a sinful world going down and down and down. The question is, are you going to uh, balk at God and say, why do you do this to me? Or are you going to step back and say, God, I trust. Because you took care of the biggest things, my sins. I trust because you say you love me. I trust because you work things out for me. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Amen.